Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. American Pie by Don McLean is one of the most analyzed songs in rock and roll. This eight and a half minute song looks at what happened to rock and roll and America in the decades after Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper died in a plane crash in 1959. Don McLean has never fully explained the meaning of the song, but there are references to Bob Dylan, Elvis, the Beatles, the Stones, the Birds, Janis Joplin, as well as the JFK assassination, communism, the Manson murders, and the tragedy at the Altamont Speedway Free Festival. On today's episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're putting American Pie under our musical microscope. We're going to give our two cents on all the symbolism in the song, look at what happened in America in the late 50s and early 60s, and talk about the impact of the day the music died. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 32. My name is Bruce Kramer, and I'm behind the wheel tonight with the Ace of Spades and the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Mr. Ryan McCusker and Mr. Doug McCusker. Do you believe in rock and roll? Are you rocking? Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. And our show is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, the network for awesome music podcasts. I guess I should have said welcome back to the Prisoners yes. of Rock and Roll. Here we are. We're back another so, year. Mr. Bruce. We took, this is the longest yeah. I have gone without <laughs> talking to you guys or seeing you guys in a, over a year. How was your holiday? My holiday was awesome, yeah. man. How was yours? It Very was nice. great. Yeah. It was nice yeah. to have some downtime. I took a week off from work and uh, it was nice to just kind of have some downtime, get kind of regroup. Um, yeah, sure. I, I think my wife was really anxious for me to get back to doing this because like, she's oh, tired. Are you back out of the house she's again? tired of hearing me That's... talk about American Pie. Uh, I've been listening to it nonstop and trying to dissect it, and I think everybody has a different opinion about it. Sure. Yeah, man. And it's so funny how this topic came out because right, we were doing the one episode and the electric chair. We sent Madonna's version Ugh. of the song. Yeah, that's, which right. that's horrible. Awful. That's right. Horrible. And it was like, that's a great pick. And then as we were putting the gear away, we were like, hey, let's do we this could, episode. Right, we could do a yeah. show on this. And then it just kind of kind of snowballed into it. it it's got to be one of the most analyzed songs in rock and roll history. It's one of the greatest songs ever. This it's, is, it's like part of the number five in the world's most best songs ever. This is yeah. like definitely a part of the soundtrack of my life. Like this song. Me too. Like it's, it's, it holds a special place in my heart. And um, it always comes up with reference. And I always... Th- Every once in a while, like maybe once a week, it pops in my head. I had to have listened to it 30 times sure. in the last couple sure. weeks, man. Just yeah. playing it over and over again. And I never get tired of it. I never get tired of it. I never like, oh, not this song again. Like if somebody plays it in the bar, like, yeah, like I, years I ago, never, I never get tired I of it. I think it's a thing that's dying. I, I, yeah. People don't play it in the bar anymore. Yeah, no, but when they you did, know? I never got tired of it. Like, I'm not, no. oh, not, not this friggin' song again, you know? I think it's, I mean... They don't play it on the radio. No, it was too you long. I think it's, it's too like long. a song that has to be passed down from generation to generation. Yeah, you know, um, I remember hearing it the first time in McCusker's. Yeah, and somebody was like, "This is the greatest song ever written." Yeah, you, know, you got to sit down and listen to it. 
You know, and ever since then, I knew there was something different about this song. I always wondered, man, if he... Well, first of all, it's a brilliant song. Can you guys name three songs by Don McLean? Nope. No. No. Can you name two songs by Don nope. McLean? Right. No. So, and most people can't, right? And again, yeah. we, we have a show yeah. about music. Yeah. So, it's like this this brilliance came out of him. And I, then it was that was it. You ever hear what he says? He's like... What's the meaning of America yes. Pie? And he goes, it means I'll never have to work ever, ever again. again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, this is like one of the greatest rock and roll songs ever written, or is it one of the greatest folk songs ever written? Or is it a one hit wonder? Yeah. But it's could, I think it's both, Doug. Would you I consider think. it like a folk a folk song? Because I kinda do. If you listen to the feel it's it besides rocking. the drums and all it is rock. It's rocking in the middle. But but he is a folk. He was a folk yeah. singer. Like he stu- he came up under Pete Seeger yeah, and yeah. all those kind of yeah, guys. Yeah. And even the storytelling is kind of like a folk. That's thing. what it is. Yeah. And I think it's reverent. We'll get into the symbolism later. But I think it, I think he's so reverential to Dylan because Dylan came out of the folk mm-hmm. era, sure. yeah, especially yeah. when the song was written. You know, Dylan was at the height of being the savior of, yeah. of it all. And I think also part of the allure of the song is that he, Don McLean, has never really come out and said what it's about. Mm. He does a ton of interviews, but then in the interviews, everyone always asks him. Well, that's what the only reason why people want to talk to him is he asks him about the song. Correct. You know, and it, but he won't say it. But you know what though? It's like, how much responsibility is that to have? People asking yeah. you the meaning of life. Yeah, all like the time. That, yeah. You know, like, what's the yeah. meaning of life? What's the meaning of American pie? Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on. If you can't figure it out by yourself and have your own meaning to it, yeah. then you don't know what music is about. Right. Did, did he ever say how long it actually took him to write this song? Did it take him weeks? Did it take him months? Did it take him an hour? Did it, it took him, and uh, he. What, what did I send you today, Bruce? Yeah, that he wrote part of it in like Cold Spring in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he wrote part of it in Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Good for Philly. And there's yeah. there's a part um, like he's from New York, and there's like a excuse me, there's like a bar or a restaurant somewhere in New York that there's like a a placard next to a booth that says like he helped write it. He started writing it here, and he kind mm-hmm. of debates that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He seems like he seems like I did it all by myself, and nobody else sure. helped me. Hey, yeah. I would flaunt. I would, dude. I would. So would I. Like, this is a great song. He's still making money off of it, you know? Yeah, sure. He, he like, married some young chick. They all do, man. Like, yes. No, but he, he's, like, 70-something years sure. old. And he married a girl that's, like, 24, 25. He's, so, yeah. Mick. So, in, in 2016, he was arrested for domestic violence against his wife at the time. <laughs> he's now dating a model named Paris Dunn, who is 27 years old. Good that's 48 years younger than Good him. Good for him. So... I guess he still has got the loot then. Oh, so he's yeah, got that he American makes, Pie loot. He probably makes, you know, three hundred thousand dollars a week for <laughs> for uh royalties well, on that also, song. He sold the manuscript of the song in twenty fifteen for one point two million dollars. He personally sold it, did it? Yeah, it was like good the, for him. It was like it was like pages I out of like re- a spiral. I kinda notebook. remember that, yeah. It had some yeah. notes around the you know, some stuff in the in the margins around like what things meant. Did and, it say on top of it? I have no idea what the song's about. <laughs> couple other notes about the song. So it came out in 71. It was a number one hit, like the U.S. and Canada and Australia and New Zealand. It was, it's eight minutes and 42 seconds long. And it was the longest song to ever hit number one on Billboard until last year. Uh, there's a Taylor Swift song oh, that boy. beat it. 
I love Taylor Swift. I know you do, man. Especially that tattoo you got of her yes. on your ass. Yes. So. How'd you say it? <laughs> yeah, Bruce. What are you doing? Well, I was. Who do you think drew the design? Yeah, that's for? true. Right? Yeah. Hey, we are the, we're, we are did, in prison, so right, it was a jailhouse tattoo. Who did the stencil? Yes. Um, yeah, man. So, but a lot of it, a lot of the symbolism is Don McLean has never said who it's about, but he has admitted that what the day the music died. Yeah. Is yeah right, and that's the day, February third, nineteen fifty nine, when Richie Valens, a big bopper, and Buddy Holly were killed in a plane crash in Iowa. Yeah, they were on tour. It was freezing out. It's the middle of winter, and instead of being on a cold bus driving three hundred miles, they chartered a plane to fly them. Yeah, the, this distance. That's very uh, nice of you to actually call it a plane. It was like a lawnmower with like propellers, <laughs> right. you know. I don't know. I, I mean, we'll get into it, yeah, nothing yeah. like that. But it was just like a bad decision on everybody's part. Well, you, you know what I thought, man, was really weird was that the winter dance party continued after that plane crash. Like, dude, like they played that night. Like, Show must go on. The dude. other acts, man. That's they, insane. Yeah. The organizers called in uh, Frankie Avalon and Fabian to be the tour headliners. They were like, "Who else do we got that we can just call they in?" They just happened to be out in Iowa. I, maybe it was a couple days yeah. to get them like yeah. synced up with yeah. the tour, but it was like that the show kept rolling on. I, yeah, let the good I, times roll. You just had these three big people die, and then let's get these how two. How can you have those strappers yeah. replace the Because all the great ones died on the plane, dude. Like, who else are they going to get? Who the else was a big deal? Yeah, who who else was a big, yeah, who was a big who deal? Cares? And you're from Philly, too. They're strappers. They are. I agree. I mean, that was, we talked about Buddy Holly and the death, and we did our episode on the top six American rock and roll bands. We we had Buddy Holly. I don't, Ryan, I don't think you had him on your list. Did you have him on your list? He was. Was it all three of us had him? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I thought so too. I mean, and that was, that death, that accident was like the first tragedy yeah. in, in rock, rock and, and roll. Yeah. Early rock and roll. Early celebrities too, man. Yeah, like that's his, true. Yeah. Like after that, his wife learned about his death by watching it on the news yeah and that was Awful. like that was when journalists changed their uh like we notify the next of kin before we put it on the news because of her because she had a miscarriage yeah yeah reading about that and she's never gone to the grave she's never and um i read that she used to go on tour with him a lot but she was pregnant so she was like i'm not going on this one and she was like yeah. had i not been pregnant I would have been with him, and he would not. I would not have gotten, would not have gotten yeah. him, let him get on that plane. I'm sure she racked her brain millions and yeah. billions of different scenarios, yeah, and is she still alive? That must be a very yeah. sad life to live. You got to think about when this happened too. So this must be the first tragedy the baby boomers had. You know, what I mean, this is before like you know Kennedy, before like all, yeah. like travesty after World War II. Like pe- things are good, people are making money, the country's booming. Rock and roll is just kind of starting. It's getting this feel. And then the three biggest names in the act. Yeah. Die. These kids must have been like beside themselves. Yeah. She's still alive. She's 89. Good for her. But I was like, yeah, dude. I mean, and he was he was 22. Yeah, you know, we talked about that yeah. in that art, in that, that episode, man, about how just so much stuff in music has come out of him. And he was 22. Richie Valens was 17. Yeah. yeah he's a kid. Even yeah, like, he's a baby. the big bopper was 28. Like the, yeah, all those guys yeah. were young. Just right? think of all, old, yeah. just think of all the songs they never got to sing. Yeah. Right? Like how many Buddy Holly songs did we lose that weren't recorded yet? Yeah. Yeah. Man, everything he was doing with like how things were recorded and taking charge yeah, of everything. He, yeah. And, I mean, you hear it in the Beatles and yeah. rockabilly and everything that that dude was was changing with music. We but, always talk about, like, you know, if an artist didn't die, would they still be big today? I still believe 
that Buddy Holly would have continued and still been just as popular today. He would have wrote regardless, better songs. Yeah, regardless yeah. of his death or not. You know, the yeah. other two, like Richie Valens, nah, the Big Bopper, absolutely not. You know, yeah, but, yeah, Big Bopper was kind of a yeah. Uh, it, it was a, the, the only reason that anybody knows who Big Bopper is because he died in that plane, plane crash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, man, so I think the way we're going to tackle this is we're going to play a couple lines from the song, and then we're going to dive into it. We've got some tunes that were either uh, we think are referenced or inspired by American Pie, and we're going to get really into it. i got a couple things I want to give some shout-outs, man, some some sources I looked at. First of all, uh, there's a radio station called 97.1 The Drive in Chicago. They have a podcast called Behind the Song. That they did an episode on this song, so I learned a lot listening to that. I found a website called MissAmericaPie.co.uk, where a British gentleman wrote like a whole like thesis dissertation. Yeah. I also found a book called "Do You Believe in Rock and Roll?" that was just all about American Pie. It was an entire book about it. How, how long is it? It like, was a couple hundred pages. Jesus. Really? Yeah. And uh, I probably also need to thank all of my English professors because I went, I went full back into my English major days, man. Dis- dissecting the education every line. came in handy. Eh? Yeah, yeah. My parents would be so proud yeah. that I'm using all that money that we spent on my degree. Well, that's like, right away when I made the suggestion. Your wheels went. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. can I can like travel into this for yeah. like a month. But, but you know what, dude? I thought when you mentioned this, I was like. We were saying that that night. I was like, oh, we could do the show like right now. We could set all of our stuff back up mm. and do it right now. I learned a lot, like really diving in. I, mean, I know that song, and I could probably recite the lyrics. We All three of us could probably recite the lyrics mm. right now sitting here. But I learned some kind of like some nuances and some references and stuff that it's I had amazing. never heard before. And I, I learned how to play the song. Like the day after I sat down with my bass, and I learned how to play oh, the really? song. It's a complicated song. Is like it? Musically, yeah. I play it on drums. It's very yeah. complicated. <laughs> I bet. All right, so let's let's uh, dive into it. Here we go. Remember how that music used to make me smile, and I knew if I had my chance that I could make those people dance, and maybe they'd be happy for a while. But February made me shiver with every paper I deliver. Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried When I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside The day the music died Yeah, it paints such a picture. What a great opening that is, man. You know, it's self-explanatory. What are you going to say? You know, he wakes up and delivers the papers and finds out that his heroes are dead. Yeah. And I like the first verse he's talking. He's imagining that he also can make people happy the way that he felt when he heard that music a long, long time ago. So he's he's dreaming about being a famous musician. And he was a... um he said that the only job he ever had in his life was he was a newspaper delivery person. Mm. And he said that he did learn about Buddy. He said he was yeah, into yeah. Buddy Holly. He would, um, if he did the math, he said he was 13 yeah. when Buddy Holly died. There's a lot of truth in those two verses. Yeah. There's a lot of truth in his life in those two I verses. I think everybody can, can um, identify with something, maybe uh, uh, your favorite celebrity or something dying when you're a kid. Yeah. 
or something like that. Maybe it was when Kurt Cobain died. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I guess it's the same. It's equivalent of like, but, I mean, like today, like we like see when, it Tom, like, when Tom Petty died. Yeah, like that was like earth shattering, earth shattering. Yeah. So yeah. I understand. Like I, I kind of do. I think we all understand where he's coming from. I just said. I just mean that he was just so young. Yeah. No. You yeah. Know, Tom Petty was in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, we were like a couple years ago, but still the same effect though. You know, meaning like you just stop in your tracks. Yeah, and that's one of the few. Um, references that Don McLean has admitted that, that that's a reference to yeah. Buddy Holly. I also clear this up that um the plane was not called American no, Pie. A lot of people, that's yeah, there's like, a lot of yeah, a lot yeah. of people think that. Or that Don McLean was dating a uh an American a Miss America uh, yeah. contestant and yeah. that's that's and so much of this stuff, man, just it spirals out into like you know the legend. It's like the legend is bigger than the song. Yeah, yeah. And that's kinda cool. Like, that's you know, what we're doing. Yeah, we're, right, we're, right. we're tearing it apart. I mean so, you think about it, I mean a couple of the line like, you know, I knew if I had my chance I could make those people, people dance. dance. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. thinking back to the the time of the happy time in the music in yeah. the fifties, and even yeah. saying like making people dance, yeah, makes you think of the winter dance party, which sure. is the name yeah. of the tour that they were mm-hmm. on. I, you know, I think like all throughout this song, he talks about different bands and everything like that. I think he talks about how music used to dance to, and now and then music it became to listen to. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sure, you don't you don't dance to Hendrix. You know, you you you, you don't dance to uh, something experimental like the birds was doing. No, it's definitely about. I mean, this. Uh, he said something too that this song is not only about the music, but it's what happens to America in the ten years after. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why I was kind of getting it earlier. Like this is that first heartbreak that these baby boomers had. The innocence. Know? Yeah. I mean, it's gone. You think about yeah. like, when he died in '59. So it's. Eisenhower's and pre- the president were still coming off the high of, you know, we won the war. Mm. Life was good. But Life was good had, in 58, right. man. Economically, yeah. everybody was doing yeah. really well. Everybody was moving out in the suburbs. Yeah. Rock and roll was coming up. You got the sock hops and the yeah. diners and the poodle skirts. Everybody's and having the, fun. Right. The yeah. guys in the jeans. It was a magical the, era, you know. Right. Where that's how, that's how like, uh, like, pop culture and cinema remembers it, you know, that's it's it's that like, sure you know sure. not necessarily golden age but it's a look back at a time that very fondly sure of innocent times like you're you're saying but even in hindsight like you can you hear you you hear the song now in the light of everything that's going on when you you hear about I read about his widow bride something touched me deep inside it I like that that verse I read about his widow bride yeah but she had a miscarriage right. she, yeah. it also makes you think yeah. of Jackie Kennedy too a little bit like, so? right yeah. it's like, I, yeah, yeah I mean okay. it's so the song right goes from like 59 to 69. Mm, yeah. So it's like that was part of it. And it's like, you know, part of an allusion to it. Mm. I never thought of that. Neither have yeah. I. So Neither that's why I. you're yeah. the professor. I got tons of that stuff, man. All right. You wanna, <laughs> all right. So let's go into the first chorus. Here we go. I got some I got some good stuff on the chorus, too. So bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, singing, this'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die. All right. So the chorus. Mm-hmm. So we already talked about that American Pie isn't like a thing. Mm. It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a frame of mind. Correct. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It makes you. Th- I mean, and there's the Chevy and apple pie mm. are themes yeah. of America. I also found out with like the reference to the levee. So I'm gonna. I'm, yeah. We're yeah. Gonna, we're gonna get a little nerd here. 
Yeah, but, I had a little thought about it also. So go ahead. No, my thought was oh, about with the levee was dry. You know, like a river flows and it's free, and everything like that's happening in in, in the song. It seems like everything is drying up, and everything like the the water's not there to, to, to move freely to move freely anymore. Mm-hmm. It's dried up, just like the American Dream dried up. Right. So meaning that so many. Like affected him so much, or like America so much that people. I'm just saying, like, like the whole American dream is gone. gone. Like, or the, this is the first step. This is the first the step whole, of the American dream. The whole American dream is gone, yeah. just like the water from a levee. Yeah. So you just saying that, man, made me think of like the open opportunity of everything that America stands for. You know, the, the classic sense of like the land of opportunity. And you yeah. think of like the, you know. The Mississippi River, these big majestic things, sure. and now it's dried up. Yeah, yeah. Um, like life isn't that innocent. Like life is. This isn't a movie. This is real life, and tragedy yeah. happens in real life. I mean, when I've always heard this song, I have a picture in my head of an old Chevy pickup truck mm-hmm. next to a dried up riverbed with three dudes or four dudes in the white t shirts with the pack yeah, of yeah, smoke rolled up, yeah. and they're they're yeah. doing a shot of whiskey. That yeah. was always what was in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the concept of the Chevy at the levee. There's actually I found a Chevy commercial from the 1950s okay. really? by uh, Dinosaur. So uh, here, let me play a little bit of this. Check this out. This is pretty cool. Drive your Chevrolet through the USA. America's the greatest land of all. On a highway or a road along a levee, performance is sweeter. Nothing can beat her. Life is completer in a Chevy. That's drive, catchy. So drive yeah. your Chevy so the lower river or levee. So that commercial was around before the song was written. Yeah. So you said that. How it's brilliant it's is that? It's an old black and white. Dude, it's an old black and white. Who knows like, I know. Yeah. That's no. crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's, who knows? Yeah. That's that's amazing. So in the last line, that'll be the day that I die. Mm. That's from the Buddy Holly song. Buddy, right. Yeah, right. Yes, uh, Buddy Holly song. Right. That'll be the day. That'll be the day. So let's, let's can we let's, listen to it? Yeah, man, I, dude, I love this song. This is one of so, yeah. So this yeah, right. So it's rocking and singing. This will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. And then here's the Buddy Holly song. Absolutely brilliant. Dude, you're, you're blowing me away, dude. You're really blowing me away with all this. Amazing uh, recording, yeah. that is. I mean, just to sit back and listen to the echo on his voice. I, I was saying know. as we're playing it, it was like, his, he's got that hiccupy the way he sings mm-hmm. and his voice goes up, but the bass was going down. Yeah. So they're going in two different directions. I was like, dude, it was... He was so ahead of his time, yeah, yeah. man. And thinking like he's in the fifties making this stuff. Well, you think about like also who like he inspired the Beatles, right? Like, and that, I mean? that like, sounded like the I mean? Beatles, right? Yeah, the Beatles and, like, and the Beatles like covered this. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? covered this. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like you know that's the influence. Like it's endless the influence that Buddy Holly had on music that we know today. Yeah, oh, and man. he restarted it. You know, right, right, right. I yeah. All right, so I would. Here's the other tangent of the other meaning that I read about this, and I I don't agree with it. But Don McLean grew up in New Rochelle, New York, mm. and according to stuff on the internet, there was a bar in New Rochelle 
called the Beachmont Tavern that his nickname was the Levy. Mm-hmm. So the Levy was also slang back in the day for a party. So I drove my Chevy to the party, mm. but the party was dry. Or I went to this bar called the Levy, and the Levy was dry. Oh wow, that's awesome! Because there was no alcohol. I like a uh, car commercial. I do better. too. Yeah. Because then there's also a debate: is he saying the good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, or is he saying the good old boys are drinking whiskey in Rye? Because mm. Rye is a town right. in New York, like the next town over from when he grew yeah, up. I, I've been to Rye. There's an awesome theater there called the Capitol Theater, and it's been there for a long time. They put shows on. Mm. It's it's an amazing place you ever get out there. So I. I think that's people going too far. I think so. Saying it's, like, it's, it's it's an awful like the the coincidence is kind of like really interesting. Yeah, but I for me I like the car commercial better because it's pop America. It's America. I do too. Like pop, it's, you know. Right. It's about the death of like the American yeah dream ideal, kind of thing. Yeah. But, so, but it's it's a little too I coincidental how, though. I could see how they talked about the other way. It's, yeah, it's, so it's very I, poetic. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's poetic. I don't know. So it's like the good old boys. He drove a Chevy to the levee, but also doesn't really make sense because he's thirteen yeah. at the time. So like you ain't driving anywhere. You're yeah. not going to a bar, right? But the guys are at the next town over partying. I to me it was like the good old boys are like. Buddy Holly's friends back in Lubbock, Texas. Maybe. Like, with yeah. the Chevy and the pickup truck, that's mm-hmm. an Americana, Americana kind of thing. And yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think we just debunked that. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Let's keep rolling, man. Let's play the next. Uh, how far? Maybe we'll go down to Man I Dig Those Rhythm and Blues. Yeah. Did you write the book of love and do you have faith in God above? If the Bible tells you so. I don't know i see in the picture in my head he goes to the dance and somebody's dancing with his girl that he really likes and he realizes the music is more important than this chick at the moment because mm. he digs the rhythm and blues more than he's digging this chick i i like the verse is like do you, did you write the book of love and do you have faith in god above if the bible tells you so now do you believe in rock and roll can music save your immortal soul so I, you know, he's saying that music is just in a religious experience, just as much as, as like influenced as like the Bible and God and whatever, whatever part of like America was then or what, or values, you know, well, American even, values. Yeah. But even they were, you know, rock and roll was against everything that the yeah. religion was about. They were burning books. They were burning. Well, like, the Nazis right. were. Music, well, music. <laughs> yeah. No, but they but, were burning but I, records. But I think, they were, I, I, they were burning Elvis records. Music's they were, been the know, devil's music, yeah. right? We talked about I, that with Sinatra. But I think in those two verses, I think that he's saying that music just is as important to him. And he gets as, just as much as a feeling as from God above as a religious experience. I, that's how I take that. I love the line, can music save your mortal soul? Yeah. I mean, that's it. The, the commercial that we have, that little, the promo thing on for spotify 
is that I closed it by saying, do you think, can music save your mortal soul? We mm, think so. Absolutely. That's where that's from. Yeah. Um, the line, did you write the book of love and do you have faith in God above? That That's from another that's from song. song. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, the book of love by the monotone. Do right. we have that? We do, man. Let's play a little play bit it, of it. Man. Yeah. This is, a, this is a really cool song, too. I wonder, wonder who, who, who wrote the book of love. Tell me, tell me, tell me who wrote the book of love. I've got to know the answer was someone from above. I wonder, wonder who, 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 who wrote the book of I think it's about love though like he's using a symbolism of he went to this dance the girl that he was in love with is dancing with somebody else you know and they're playing the rhythm and blues music and he's mm. he's like holy shit this means more to me right now than mm. this girl so he gets in his car and he takes off mm. he, when he has the pink carnation mm. in the pickup truck the pink right. carnation you know i see him wearing the white yeah, the, white, the yeah. white tuxedo with the pink carnation, which is also a song mm-hmm. that's, um, I forget who it's by, but the symbolism for the song is um, about going to a dance, getting dressed up in your best, with your best girl, and having a flower, the pink carnation. That's, yeah. what, that's yeah. what the song is about. No, absolutely, that verse is. No, the, no, yeah, there's yeah. an actual song no, called okay. Pink Carnation. Yeah. I love it, the fact that, you know, that this, like, this song, I don't want to use the word controversial, but there's too many coincidences from pop culture that he's using that's creating something completely. Absolutely, to, to, man. to explain a time. It's can brilliant. You, can you play Pink Carnation? Yeah, let me finish with this one, the one line. So did you write the book of love? Do you have faith in God above if the Bible tells you so? There's another song, too, that was like a children's song called Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. Mm-hmm. And the, the line of that song is... Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. Mm-hmm. So, and it was it's also, like an old child rhyme. Yeah, yeah and it was also something that came out at the same time. It's so, like, it's uh, like he's going through like a, a time machine in his head through his whole life. Yeah, that, like it, the things that like like that stick out to him. It, it's re- very interesting. Yeah, and then uh, I'll get to the the pink carnation in a second. So, like, um, do you believe in rock and roll? Can music save your mortal soul? Can you teach me how to dance real slow? So he wants to learn because, like. Dude, if you slow dance with somebody in the 50s, yeah, that was yeah, like, yeah, you know, like... Steady. You can get, like, the second bass mate. Yeah. Right, right. That's more than me helping draw the, the tattoo of, yeah, yeah. Uh, on your butt. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's really... So he he wants that. And also, like, the, um, you know, can music save your mortal soul? It can. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I, absolutely. Yeah, I saw that you're in love with him because I saw you dancing in the gym. You both kicked off your shoes. Man, I dig those rhythm and blues. Yeah. So they're kicking off your shoes. The sock hop. Yeah, the sock yeah. hop. You had to take your shoes off because you jack up the basketball floor. And the, the, like, why does he say, I dig those rhythm and blues? I was trying to figure it out when we were listening I to think, it. I think it's because it's the first time he's hearing it. Maybe. Yeah, it's in the you gym. Know, you're it's it's yeah. like, I remember the first time I heard rock and roll, you know, and uh, maybe that's what he's at the dance and he hears for the first time. And then, so I was a, lean, a lonely teenage Bronken buck with a pink carnation and a pickup truck, but I knew I was out of luck the day the music died. So that's a reference to it. It's a Marty Robbins song mm-hmm. um, called White Sport Coat and a Pink Carnation. Let's let's listen to 30 seconds of that. It's about a guy who gets all dressed up to his to go to his prom, and he doesn't get the girl. Prom 
me you'd go Now you've changed your mind it seems Someone else will hold my dreams A white, a white sport, coat sport coat And a pink carnation No, but that's what's happening him at the dance Same sure. thing, man I'm, same, dressed yeah. up for Rome. I'm dressed up for love And yeah. I'm not getting the girl Yeah, it's the exact same story So, you know, you just get in the pickup truck With a pink carnation on yeah. Driving away from Going down to the levee what, Hanging with the boys you know? What year did that song come out? 57, so two so, years before Buddy Holly died Yeah, it's like 57 So you think about like 10 years from then What they're writing about then How music has changed right. and This is a, a right. So this is probably like a popular song and the biggest problem this kid has is like, oh, he's getting like you didn't get the right. girl. Ten years from now, where they what are big artists writing about? It's just amazing how music changed. It's also interesting. Jimmy Buffett has an album called "A White Sport Coat and a Pink Crustacean." That's right, that's where right. that came from. Right. So, yeah. No, uh, I just I just think it, it's um, more of of your innocence of, sure. of your childhood, um, not getting the girl in at the dance. You know, I think everybody's been there. Sure. You know, yeah. maybe I've been there more than some others. <laughs> but that's also but, the heart, the heart, the biggest heartbreak he faces is he doesn't get the girl to dance. Yeah. Right. Compared to what happens in the rest sure. of the song. There's yeah. nothing like that for his heartbreak. Yeah. You know, it's true. It's true. It's, yeah. it's, so, you know, it, it made his song. You yeah. Know? All right. We're going to play uh, the chorus again and we're going to play the next verse. And that's probably going to be a little long, but we're going to deal with it and hopefully not get sued by Mr. McClain. He has we are money. trying to talk he has enough about money. it. So. think it matters anything at this point but the chorus it started like the first chorus was like so bye bye miss american pie mm. now he's saying i started singing bye bye miss american yeah. pie because mm. that that beginning right there that changes a couple times in the song mm. and i think it becomes important a little bit later but i just wanted to point that out so well, it's like unbelievable the next verse yeah. i mean i thought the first verse was something yeah. the second yeah, verse dude. now what he he's going he's like you know now 10 years we've been on our own meeting 10 years without big bopper right yeah it's, it's now Buddy holly so now it's 69 yeah. right yeah. so we're 10 years in so so right. it's like in the, the next verse is you know when the jester sang for the king and queen well the jester's bob dylan mm -hmm. right and the king and queen is 
could be anybody. There, well, no, a couple. N- well, the king and queen was Seeger and Baez. Joan Baez. They, so let, well, they, let, let's finish on the moth. Let's finish the first line. So now for 10 years we've been on our own, and moss grows fat on a Rolling Stone, but that's not how it used to be. So is he talking about, like, Dylan, like, he, Rolling Stone? I think he is. So then what's the moss, then? One could be Bob Dylan, like a Rolling Stone, right? That's, yeah. that's the first thing that brings yeah. your mind, like, like here. Once upon a time it dressed so fine. So that's that's the one that I thought of, of course, growing up. Yeah, it's the most right? popular songs. Yeah. So I guess something else. Here's a Buddy Holly song called "Early in the Morning," and there's a line in the song that goes, "Well, you know, a Rolling Stone don't gather no moss." Hmm. Hmm. So a Rolling Stone don't gather no moss, but the Rolling Stone does gather moss, moss. now because Buddy Holly's dead. Right. So here's a little bit of that. How about that? It's brilliant songwriting for Don McLean to use that. Right. I got another one. So, And then there's also Hendrix, Highway Chili, that says, mm. everybody knows the boss of Rolling Stone yeah. gathers no moss. Right. Got one more. Okay. The Rolling Stone, you know, the Rolling Stones, the band. Right. They don't gather no moss, but maybe one of the Rolling Stones, moss was growing fat because he was dead. Yeah. And it was Brian Jones Brian who yeah. died. Brian in Jones. Six, yeah. He died yeah. in 69 yeah. when, nice. this, when we move forward. So it's brilliant songwriting. It really is on all three of those things. They, they, they all make up. sense. I, he, totally. dude, he possibly could mean all three of those and things. I, and, and I didn't come up with any of this shit on my own. This yeah. is like this yeah. research, and I'm not, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan's calling me the professor, but I, you you know, are I'm, the professor. I'm, just, yeah. I'm just regurgitating stuff. Holy every one of those, man, I was like, wow, that's really no, cool. Yeah. I, I've, dude, now I've never, never put that, of course, I never listened that close to it. I never but, thought anything about moss yeah. grows on fat of the Rolling Stones. But it's right. just like, dude, all three of those things make sense, yeah. and it's very possible that he can, by McLean using that verse, could very well be, like, reference to those three songs. Yeah, like, I, to me, I thought it was, just three I think it's either Dylan or the Buddy Holly song. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think yeah. it's more of a Dylan thing, because the next, this whole verse is about Dylan. Yeah, alright, so let's get into the Jester. So the Jester sang for the King and Queen and a Cody Bard from James Dean. So, yeah. He said that Jester, that Dylan is the Jester, mm, yes. right? Because yeah. Dylan has even responded to it. Yeah. Dylan has said, like, a Jester, oh, yeah, the Jester writes songs like Masters of War, A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, and It's All Right, Ma. Some Jester. So Dylan's you know, a little salty about it. But. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think the Jester is playing, like I said, playing for the King and Queen is Pete Seeger. 
and Joan Baez. They're like the royalty of of folk music before Dylan came in. So Dylan, so he's saying that Dylan's perf- like play. I'm like I'm. He's the new. The he's new. He's the new. They're already old. He's they're, right. the new. He, they're, yeah. they're the king and king queen, queen of folk music. Right. Well, I'm the new. I'm the Jesus Christ of folk yeah. music. Right. Yeah. The, the voice know? that yeah. came from you and me is like yeah. folk music. Gotcha. But I, but people have said that that could be. Could it be Elvis? Like, but then well, who, well because, yeah, it, it, yeah, but it doesn't kind of make sense in the timeline. Well, for it, the Elvis. If he's talking well, about the right, Jester, he's than, still talking about the, he's still talking about Dylan though. It's like when the Jester sang for the King and Queen in a coat that he borrowed from James Dean, which is the f- cover of of Freewheeling free mm-hmm. of Bob Dylan, and he's walking down the street not with a red coat but with a brown coat and he's laughing free freely which mm. looks very similar to what james dean is wearing We're rebel, rebel right. without a cause i mean I, I read one argument that the king was elvis and the queen was queen elizabeth because when free will and bob dylan comes out dylan then goes and tours the uk mm. so he was like performing before the queen mm. i think that's a stretch i yeah. people say it was jfk um and yeah and jackie yeah. some people say it was martin luther king mm-hmm. um you know he's the king and then the queen would be jackie kennedy uh or corona Co- corona scott king jesus christ or coretta <laughs> scott king and mm. dr martin luther king i think that's i think the seeger I, I, thing yeah. i never heard that before yeah i read that, that made sense i read me. that yeah for just because he's talking about dylan he's talking yeah. about how this new guy's coming through and he he's the new voice and he's the new everything and dylan that, was and that know? makes more sense to the to uh, McLean's life because this is all about McLean's feelings. This is all right. about his what he his growing up. So that makes more sense for that reference I more than, than than any other of them. And then the next verse, he goes, "Oh, and while the king was looking down, Jester stole his thorny crown, mm-hmm. meaning Elvis." Yeah, yeah. Well, I th- I think the Pete Seeger thing. Pete Seeger was McLean's mentor. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense, and also like he craps on the birds later, like this folk rock music mm-hmm. and i think he thinks that dylan is more like this kind of different authentic sure. thing but yeah so the king the king was looking down the jester stole his thorny crown i i i agree i think that's elvis that's elvis yeah, yeah i think it is too um being like dylan's like way over his head sure yeah and you by know. 69 elvis is kind of Washed he's up. fallen out yeah. of the spotlight mm-hmm. i do think it's interesting man this is where i went on my own with some of the lyrics. like he stole his thorny crown yeah yeah so mm-hmm. the thorny crown is like what they put on Jesus to mock him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not an authentic. Cra- like, no, but like, oh, I think you think that, you're the king and then they, yeah. they beat it on him. Well, I think it's a thorny crown because it's a heavy crown to wear. Like, they, I'm the king of rock and roll. It's a heavy, cla- heavy crown to wear. It's a, it's, that's what they say, right? Yeah. Heavy yeah. ways, heavy yeah. ways to crown. Yeah, the, yeah. But then they put the crown on Dylan and it's more of a thorn crown. Yeah. Because they're mocking him. Because, like, here's this. Dylan, with, to Dylan, he isn't the king. No, he's like, not. They're putting him through pain. Yeah. Because I, yet you have Elvis, who, very luxurious lifestyle and this and that and the, the, the glitz, the glam. And here's Dylan, who's a folk singer. Dylan didn't and want to be the same no, rock that, and roll. But that's why, you know, but if you, the Thorin Crown reference to like, like the Jesus Christ kind of thing. Like, Jesus Christ is that I'm just a man like everybody else. Right, I'm right. no king. I'm no this. I'm no that. You right. know, but, that's Elvis, what Dylan, but that's but, what Dylan was saying. But yeah, but that's what the reference is then. Right. But, but yeah. I thought it, I look at it as like, they put the cra- the thorny crown, like the Romans mocking Jesus. They put it on Elvis. Like, oh, okay, compared to Buddy Holly, you're the new savior of rock and roll. Yeah, okay. Here, we're going to put this crown on you. But 
maybe Don McLean is being like, you you kinda you're fraud. You're you're so sure. about materialism sure. and, and stuff, but Yeah. But I think the I think the the real crown was like, you know, the Thorner Crowns was with Dylan. Okay. Yeah, that's just what I believe. Well, you know, and that's up for interpretation. It, 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 right. yeah. That's why the song is so great. Yeah. Um, Crazy. The, the next for, the next is uh, the courtroom was adjourned. The no verdict was returned. I think that was a JFK thing. You know, yeah. like uh, you know, there was never a jury because Oswald was killed. Yeah, I, I you said that sometime like during the last couple of weeks you messaged me that and that makes a lot of sense because at some point the song does start spilling into like becoming about like politics and everything mm-hmm. it could be the court like did we ever settle the debate because elvis and dylan like they you know when elvis Maybe. came back he was in a completely different thing but it could be that jack ruby killed lee harvey oswald and we never got closure to to that 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 makes sense to me it's crazy it's it's you got to think everything is going on at that time. Like that's a poss- most likely, but a possibility. But who knows? Like yeah. you know, other cases were going on. Like you know, I, I don't know. Although I, the I timing know. doesn't work, because yeah. right, JFK so there, was in sixty three, and yeah. we're supposed to be in sixty nine. But it's plausible. I mean, I think it's deeper than that than the JFK thing. There, there had to be some kind of like big thing to happen in the world. Yeah, JFK yeah. was shot. No, yeah. no, I understand that. But the, <laughs> like you said, it doesn't fit the timeline. Well, I guess it does. I don't know. Yeah. It's a it's a lot. JFK gets shot is like the end that, of the innocence. Dude, I understand that, but I'm I'm just questioning that maybe it has to do with another court case that the you know Yeah, that we're missing. Yeah. Um the next line, man, the the first one in the next little stanza is complica- is weird. So well Lennon read a book on Marx, the quartet practiced in the park, we sang dirges in the dark the day the music died. I but never, he says Lenin like L E N I N. Right. But it's, right. Joseph but Lenin. Everyone. Uh, uh, Vladimir Lenin. Vladimir Lenin. Lenin. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah you, you think of Joseph Stalin. That's, that's again. Yeah. Vladimir Lenin. But I think when everybody hears it, they think John Lenin. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Like, listening to Mar- or reading about Marx could be a million Groucho different Marx, Groucho right, Marx right. or, you know. Right. I mean, Imagine came out in the same year as this song, and it does kind of have a little bit of a communist vibe mm. to it but uh i don't like vladimir lenin died in 1924 right so i mean who who it could just be i mean you've got the, yeah the communism scares going on right you're you've got a lot of other Possibly. kind of stuff yeah. Going yeah, on. yeah totally i mean even during the baby boomers saying the communism thing was huge they, right. every, they thought everybody was a commie in, right. yeah, sure. in in hollywood in music you know right it, it, if nothing, it's provocative. It makes you stop and think, mm. like, okay, like, when we were doing this, I was curious to see the notes, like, okay, which Lenin is in the lyrics? Is, yeah. it, is it John Lennon's spelling, or is it Vladimir Lenin? I saw Lenin? it yeah. earlier this week, and I saw how they spelt it, and I was yeah. like, they're talking about Vladimir. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we, or I think he is anyway. I, yeah. I, who knows? Yeah. And I don't think it's Groucho Marx or no, I think Marx it's, Brothers. It's, maybe it's a reference yeah. to a picture that, no, that he saw of him it, reading up, like, you know, Lenin reading a book or by some author. I, I don't know. It's Well, Marx it, is a famous writer. Yeah. Yeah. Is he, yeah Karl yeah, Marx Karl was Marx, like Marx, founder okay. of like communist thought. Oh, well, there you go. The Quartet in the Park. Yeah. Did we I, all agree that's the Beatles. I don't know. Where's, the, so? where's the park? Fit in. I thought it was Strawberry Can- Fields. Maybe I thought it was Candlestick Park. That's a, maybe, maybe that they maybe. were trying to play and they they got drowned out. 
Maybe. The quartet practiced in the park, and we sang the, in the dark the day the music died. Yeah, totally. Candlestick. They got blown out at Candlestick Park, and that was the last time they ever played live. Right. I read the dirges in the dark could have been the JFK assassination, right? Like, the we're, we're all bummed out. JFK died. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King died. There was also something weird that there was like a really, really big power outage. Remember, like five years ago, there was like the huge power outage, like all of like New York. I was in that. Went out. I was there. There was something like that that happened in the '60s. So it was like, is that it? I like, I don't, I don't know. But by the time we go into the verse, you know, we were singing "Bye Bye Miss American Pie." Mm. Now we, now everybody's everybody's singing it. And the world is in a much darker place, right? We've got communism. We've got dirges. We've got thorny crowns and we've got uh no no verdict coming from the courthouse definitely a darker darker world the world's changing around them yeah like, right like that's and what i think very this fast. song is about yeah the world's yeah. changing around very the fast world, the world 10 losing years yeah yep. so, all right so we're gonna play the the chorus in the next verse again i think it's important to note the chorus we were singing now it's not just him There's a lot going yeah. on. We yeah. got yeah. Holy Every time we come back God. from these from these verses, like holy shit. Yeah. All right. So All right. okay with the helter skelter in summer swell. That is that's Manson, right? The Manson murders. Let's play a little bit of the Beatles' helter skelter. Dude, this is a great song, man. I was listening yeah, to this I, driving over here. I really like this song, and the fact that McCartney was like, "I'm just going to write this guy on something heavier than the Who." Yeah. 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 
I love that version. Dude, what is that? Where'd you, where? What is that on? The the remastered for the, the White yeah, Album. Yeah, that's yeah, the, great. The bass yeah. is really driving. Was, dude, my, it's so raw. Yeah, it's really yeah. raw. It's a great song. Yeah, man. but yeah, that, so that was Charles Manson thought that that song was a uh, reference to the pending race war that he was gonna. Man, he was create this fucking yeah, mind, yeah, when he murdered Sharon. Man, she was she was beautiful. She man. was. She really was. Yeah. I feel kind of dirty looking at pictures of her being like no, how attractive it, she was. She yeah. was. She was a movie star. So horrible what yeah. happened to her. And every and everybody else. That and was every, right, right. And everyone else yeah. did pass yeah. right. I don't want to yeah, yeah. just focus on her. She That's was, a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. The next verse, uh, the birds flew off with a full-out shelter, eight miles high and a falling fast. You know, um, they landed, fell on the grass. The birds is a band. Mm. They had a song. Called Eight Miles High. Eight Miles High. Thank yeah. you, Bruce. There you go. And um, it was real psychedelic. It was like one of the first psychedelic songs to come out, mm. and it was banned. It was like on on the thing, and then like whoever the PMRC at the time banned the song because they thought it was a you know a, a, a bad influence on drugs and everything. Yeah, here let's play. Uh, a yeah, I never heard it. I don't know the song. That's classic uh, Lake Cal- that California Valley. Yeah, I am not a fan at all. Yeah, really? do you like do you like, like the, Buffalo Springfield or any of that stuff? That came out of yeah, but this it's song, I, I thank God it was. It, I it was well the beginning. The beginning guitar was sloppy as shit. Like maybe that's oh. what he's going for. It's drugs. It's this. It's that. I never liked the birds. Like I'm a big like hippie at heart, but the birds I never right. got. Man, the birds are great. Bad, I think. Yeah, Mr. No. Tambourine Man. Their cover, Mr. Tambourine yeah. Man. Yeah, that song sucks too. So I thought one thing was was interesting. This they said like the birds flew off with a fallout shelter. I always thought it said like the birds flew off to a fallout shelter. Yeah. And I was like, okay, they're like you know fallout shelter and nuclear war in the sixties and everything. And then I read that like a fallout shelter was also slang for like drug rehab mm. back in the sixties. You know, David Crosby was in the birds, sure. even though he says it wasn't a uh, a drug song. Like Ryan said, that song the song was banned for for being reference to drugs. And I took it as like eight miles high and falling fast is like they stink and they're kind of just going downhill really fast. Like they're not the band that uh, they're not stealing the crown from Elvis. No. They're they're another band. They're that, like a flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah I think, like yeah. like like how grunge was. Yeah, like they're falling it, like a rock. Yeah, it's just like a like a thing that's gonna come and go. Yeah, that's that's how I interpret that. He did that. McLean's kind of crapping on that type of music, and then. It landed foul on the grass. The players tried for a forward pass with the jester on the sideline in a cast. That that first confuses me. I get the cast part. That's Dylan being in the motorcycle accident, mm-hmm. right? Which we could do a whole show on that. Yeah, too. like I started but, going down a rabbit hole a little bit about that. But but who who's the player tried for a forward pass? So and what like landed foul on the grass? So foul that makes me think of baseball, of course, yeah. But then a forward pass it's just, is football. So you think like at that time I'm thinking like Joe Namath. Is that about, that's about his time? I don't. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Like, because he's the biggest. He's the biggest 
player in the sport. He's bigger than the sport himself. So there's some there's some sort of competition going on, like but something's not right. It went foul. So I read it could be youth in society. The kids and of the of the, of the late sixties, they're trying to move forward, and but they and but, like they're trying to move forward, and Dylan's sitting on the sidelines with cast. Like, why Woodstock's going on. So he can't help them. He, or he's not the voice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he's sitting out. Like a, like a sport. Yeah. He's, sit, he's, take, you know, he's sitting on the sidelines, watching um, the whole world go by. Like, you know, music yeah. changing because yeah, he's like not he's, doing right, anything. He's, like off yeah. the, he's off the field, yeah. literally, with yeah. music. Um, it could be like the music industry is trying to get its act together and not have this stuff, like the, the birds, birds that he's, that he's yeah. not looking to. But, but Dylan can't. He's the, not capable, the birds, he's not, yeah. the birds are now like the folk rock, and Dylan isn't because Dylan's on the sideline with a broken leg. So kind of like the kings away, like you know what I mean. So yeah. like the the pet like the peasants will play, like you know, like nobody's taking music serious at that point. Yeah, I don't, I don't a, know. It's yeah. a really weird. Yeah, it's a verse, weird yeah. verse to kind of dissect. It's crazy, man. It is, and then now the halftime air with sweet perfume while the sergeants played a marching tune. Is that now, the Beatles? It could be the Sergeant Pepper. I, I, yeah. But I think so, they mentioned Sergeant Pepper kind of later on. They, I think so too. Mm-hmm. So but, maybe it's something else. So it's a sweet perfume, like I, I thought. Oh, uh, maybe, yeah, I maybe pot. Was, I read it was yeah. either smoking Marijuana. weed or they're talking about um, there were huge riots in Chicago in '68. Mm. Oh, and, oh, and, the, and it's tear gas. Yeah. It's uh, right. yeah. Or so, napalm. Didn't didn't they say napalm smell like perfume? It could be right. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Vietnam's happening. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's a good point. So it could be like the players are trying for a forward pass. They're trying to protest Nam, mm. and then but the the halftime of the protest was sweet perfume because there's tear gas going off. Mm-hmm. The sergeants could be. It's either the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club band, because they're in those yeah, marching but, band. But you know, you. Know, they said they talk about the uh, Sergeant Pepper later, but it could be the riots and the sergeants are the police officers. Correct. Right. Or yeah. National Guard or yeah. any or, right. yeah. Kent State. military. Right. Kent, been State. Kent State. Right. right. You know, when those yeah. poor kids got shot. Yeah. Right. Maybe the that's Sar- a reference. Yeah. Right. I always thought, I mean, as a kid, I always thought the Beatles, and the, that, that was the Beatles, mm. like the marching tune. But yeah, the sergeants, I th- it could be any of those. Yeah. Like all the unrest that's going on by now in the late sixties. And you you go back, I mean, ten years ago we're at we're at the sock hop. Yeah. Right? And and yeah. now kids are getting shot at college. Right, yeah. right. We're at the sock hop with the carnation bummed out that we can't dance we want to learn how to yeah. dance real slow. And now we're we're, we're here. Yeah. Right, right. We're getting shot. Yeah. Boy, that escalated quickly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, we all got up to dance, but we never got the chance because the players tried to take the field and the marching band refused to yield. The, the kids want to dance, like in the first verse. Like, yeah, like wanna... the kids want to dance because the players tried to take the field. The marching band refused to yield. Do you recall the revealed? I don't know, guys. I think well, it's more of, again, it's like music used to be dancing for, and now it's to stand and listen to. But you know what? It's interesting. Yeah, He's like, yeah. do you know? Do you recall what was revealed? The day the music died. What was revealed? I think that might be innocence. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like that could just be something that Don McLean just knows himself. Like this is sure he says. You know, he, oh, he he's like, very vocal about. Do you him. remember what? Like again, do you remember what was revealed the day the music died, or like another day in music died? Like I don't know. Yeah, like, no, no, like, no. That's totally like something was because he's asking people. Do you remember what was revealed the day the music died? Right, you know. No, I agree. 
So I, I read everything from like we all got up to dance, we never got the chance. Is again the Beatles at Candlestick Park mm-hmm. because that show was only a half hour yeah. and we yeah. never got it. It also could be, you know, uh, the players tried to take the field. The marching band refused to yield. It's like, well, the players are not on the field anymore. It could have been we just talked about the halftime. Mm-hmm. That could be bands trying to get into the players tried to take the field, but the marching band refused to yield. That could be the Beatles are so big they, that if you don't sound like the Beatles, you ain't getting on the field. Right, of, like, and they're not music. stopping. Right, right. They're out. It could be the people trying to protest Nam. You know, the marching band is now the police right. or the National Guard. And we tried to take the field in the, the, you know, you're getting the wood shampoo. I think that is the key line of the whole song. Do you recall what was revealed the day the music died? Like the innocence of America yeah. is over. I yeah. like the fact that like the day the music died, he's not referring to the day that music died. It wasn't, isn't necessarily the day that Buddy Holly and the plane went down. Day the music died are different days in his life. You know, like big, big things that changed like in the world or big things that happened in this country. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It was, you know, it was famously called the day the music died. Yeah. Like, uh, that, that was like the headlines, mm. you know, but I think he's taken things like other incidences that happened in history. Yeah, like the, we're just as the big. music died. It was just as big as the day the music like died. Like me getting dumped by the girl at the dance. Yeah. Is me part of the music dying. Yeah. It's right. just like major, major incidences in his life. Right, you know, cool. no, I totally agree, man. Yeah, it's I totally crazy. agree. Yeah, I, the, this is definitely it's morphed into it's about politics and yeah, what's no, going on society absolutely. and yeah. youth and everything it's not, else. Yeah, it's not just about music. Yeah, know? it's not just about music. You know, he says because the players tried to take the field, the marching band refused to yield. Dude, that's to me that's Kent State. Okay, you know what I mean like the marching band is the kids going there, the players try to take the field, the kids protesting, and the marching band being the, the army. Or the, the the National Guard that was out there. They were basically a marching band that was out there with guns. All right. Um, next to the last verse. So we're going to go back into the chorus. And now the last one was we were singing. Now it's we started singing Bye Bye Miss American Pie. And then we go into another verse. We started singing
And then he starts talking. Oh, and there we were all lost in one, all in one place, a generation lost space. Of course, he's talking about the space race. I think there we were all in one place is Woodstock. Okay. Yeah. And everybody's. But a generation lost, lost in space, space could be, yeah. I thought, like, they're I, all okay. high as hell. I, okay. I thought maybe it was like we're all here to whatever it is and we're all lost in space. Maybe they're all watching TV, watching the show Lost in Space. That was popular too. And also, we landed in the moon in 69. But that, yeah. Yeah, that, that was always yeah. my interpretation. There we the were landing, all in one place, place a generation lost, lost in space, space with because no time left to whole, start again. The whole country was infatuated with the space race, getting to the moon. And there we all one place, meaning watching in television, lost in space, meaning what? Like, er, like here we are watching on television has never been seen before. Like this it, one man, you know, maybe it was like how sci-fi was the new thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, and the concept of like the boob tube. Like yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to tune like, in and tune out. And yeah. Like I, we, we don't have to go to space because we're on space mm-hmm. on TV already. Right. You know? Hmm. Yeah, dude. I think all three of those are viable. It could mm-hmm. be Woodstock. It could be the space race. It could be the, uh, just the watching TV could be watching lost in space. No time left to start again. I, you know, if you go with the, the Woodstock thing, it's like, all right, you guys are a bunch, you're sitting around just smoking weed and you kind of lost your shot. dude. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of like, it's over for you guys. This, this is also the end of the summer of love because sure. the next line is Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, Jack flash, jumping Jack flash. Okay. I think we're at Altamont. I've also read that Jack is Jack Kennedy and he's, dancing and getting us out of the cuban missile crisis but the timing doesn't work because we're like we're like 69 70 and mm-hmm. kennedy died in 63 yeah. but so um, i think ryan might be right i think he's, it's it's about the stones yeah all right so i think we're going to altamont let's play a little bit of jumping jack flash You know, Altamont was kind of like the West counter to Woodstock, right? And the Stones, very famously or infamously, hired the Hell's Angels provide security. And they paid them like five hundred bucks and unlimited beer, un- unlimited like, like beer yeah, backstage yeah. and a fucking lot of acid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. At the recommendation of the Grateful Dead, and yes. the Hell's yeah, Angels wound up stabbing a guy to death, a Meredith Hunter. And there were also three other people that were killed there. Two people were in a hit and run, and one person got high on LSD and drowned in a ditch. It's a hell of a way to go. But yeah. the Stones opened that set at Altamont with Jumpin' Jack Flash. Mm-hmm. So I think that's appropriate that that's the, the, the reference. And then, because fire is the devil's only friend, I think that could either be sympathy for the devil. Right. Or I also thought it could be friend of the devil by the dead. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah. Fire is the devil's only friend. Uh, I'll play a little bit of that. Yeah. The, the Grateful Dead. Also, the dead yeah, you're going to hear us all. Right. right. The dead were there, and the dead yeah. also were the ones that said, hey, you should hire these guys. Yeah. yeah. I lit up from Reno. I was trailed by 20 hounds. Didn't get to sleep that night till the morning came around. Sit out, run, but I take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. I get home before daylight, just might get some sleep tonight. Yeah, you could totally put that together with the devil. You know, uh, Grateful Dead was at Altamont, and they decided they weren't going to play 
because the Hell's Angels were getting too rough. And they recommended them. And you said yeah, this before, right? And you I, said yeah. you thought they should have played and just tried to chill everybody out. I think from just an observer from history, it seemed like, okay, the Grateful Dead didn't go on. So there was like two and a half hours of intermission before this before the Stones went on at like, you know, later in the evening. Dude, they, everybody was getting hostile. Everybody was drinking. Everybody was – the Hell's Angels were beating everybody up. I thought – Instead of the Grateful Dead piecing out and saying we're not playing because there's too much shit going on, I think they should have played and they could have maybe calmed everything down. They could have went out and played two sets, did the Grateful Dead thing, calm everybody down, and then you know it would have been a great situation for the Stones to come out and play. Yeah, I'm a huge Grateful Dead fan, but as I said on the show before, I think they fucked that up. Yeah, I think they they're really, just as much to blame. Yeah. I don't know if it's it's them to blame but they like fucked up because they could have calmed everybody they down yeah, yeah, they, they could have totally did something they just decided to axel rose it yeah <laughs> yeah and so people died as a people died of over it for sitting around drinking right. and you know getting a little agitated and like come on already we're you know come on why aren't they on yet yeah, you know well, yeah and then the other song was sympathy for the devil should we play some of that yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah always sure. When Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain Me damn sure the pilot washed his hands and sealed his face Pleased to meet you, hope you guess my name But what's puzzling you is the nature of my Altamont was the end of the peace and love generation of the yeah. 60s. Yeah, man. it was over. Yeah. It was over. That's another show that we could put on the list, man. About we, did, right, we did Monterey and like yeah. kind of the, the happy hippie vibe and just the doing the nightmare. Yeah, how it all just it came crashing down at Altamont. That was a bad idea from the start off, man. Yeah. Dude, when they start canceling it because the, the first venue got pulled, wouldn't, the, wouldn't. Because yeah. the guy was like, fuck this. This isn't going to happen. Right. Mm. Not on my watch. And then yep. they went to Altamont, and they were like, yeah, dude, we'll throw this concert. And it was like in two days, they moved the concert to one spot to the other. It's crazy what people will do for rock and roll, man. Yep. You know, but the, Altamont is a big part of this song. Yeah. So you think those three verses are about Altamont? Because it's like, oh, and I watched him on the stage. My hands were clenched in, in fist rage. and rage. No angel born in hell, the hell's angels, yeah. could break that Satan spell. Yeah, I think he is. I think Don McLean is seeing this. He's furious at Mick yeah. Jagger. He thinks Mick Jagger is the to devil. Blame. He's yeah. the devil, right? He's like, no angel you know, could break that Satan spell. No angel like, born in hell. Right, you know, you've gone I said angels. That, you know? I said that Mick was the, was the devil before. Yeah, he's gone from... You're yeah. Right, right. I said that he, that he was the devil the, for uh, Robert Johnson. Right, yeah. He's gone from... We've gone from the sock hop and the innocence to now people are being murdered at a rock show and this dude is on stage. I mean, there's always been the thing was like he he was smirking when the guy was getting yeah. stabbed. Yeah. Oh, God. Sure. You know, yeah. Like that's, that's been yeah. 50 years ago. He's like, I saw, and it's still. He's, he's, like, he's like, I saw Satan laughing with delight. Yeah. I don't know if he, he was like, he was smiling and scared at the yeah. same time. It's yeah. a natural you know, reaction. He, 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 to watch Mick 
like his face while all that shit's going on, and yeah. he's like, "Holy shit, I can't believe this!" Yeah. And then he goes back into Mick Jagger land and starts clapping yeah, right. and yeah. jumping around and shit. Right. Yeah. And then he ends it with the day the music died. So right. there's a theory of these are earth shattering big events. And he's like, "Well, here's another day the music died." Right. You yeah. know? The flames climbed higher. Claim as the flames climbed high into the night, just like the sacrificial light. I saw Satan laughing with the light the day the music died. Right. Yeah. So here's another day. Yeah. And also, I think the 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 chorus. I want to play the chorus with this verse because it's interesting. Because then it becomes he was singing "Bye Bye Miss mm-hmm. America," but so Satan is now yeah. singing. Bye bye, Miss America Pie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. He is um, the day the music. This is another day the, the music, music died. died. This is the day, yeah. like, I mean, historically and culturally, we just said this is the end of the 60s. Sure. This yeah. is the end of the piece. Of, this is another day that the music yeah. died. Yeah. Another nail in the coffin. Yeah. Or, you know, that everything changed. And also, thinking about it in the whole way back, I mean, Satan was probably laughing the day Buddy Holly died and the Big Bopper and Richie Valens, too. Yeah. So, like, well, they said that. You know, I saw Satan laughing with delight. Is is Mick Jagger Satan? Right? Because they've always said, like, was he delight, laughing on stage? The delight thing? Like, delight is being like, you know. He was the leader of it all. He well, was he was standing up there as the leader. Well, right. Is, is he the one singing well, Bye Bye Miss America? Who's the, who's the head of Hell's Angels in charge of all those guys when this know. was going on? He's, he's a famous. He's fucking famous. But he's a piece of shit. But, um, he your shit bag of the week? He's always been he's shit bag of the fucking decade. Of that decade, I think Mick Jagger's. <laughs> yeah, Jagger's shit bag of the week. But so yeah. I think they might be. I forget his name. Whatever the Hell's Angels name is. So maybe he's looking. He's he's smiling in delight because this is what his his gang is doing. They're murdering okay. somebody. Okay. I don't know. You All right. know. All right. Hang on. We're gonna give Mick Jagger shit bag of the week. Shit bag of the week. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Mick, I'll go see you anytime you come around. <laughs> I, love I don't you, care. Mick. I, I love you. But you fucked out Tamana up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd never thought of that that it could be the head of the Hell's Angels, dude. Yeah. But that's a really interesting point. Yeah. Like, it absolutely, it could be like guys high on PCP yeah. and drunk on God. On yeah, they're all so high, and they're so like in a bad way, yeah. not in a good way, in a bad way. Yeah, man, they're a bunch uh, of outlaws. They're fucking pieces yep. of shits. Yep. All right, you want to bring it? We'll play the last verse, and then we'll play the. We'll talk about that, and we will play the last chorus. Here you go. I met a girl who sang the blues And I asked her for some happy news But she just smiled and turned away I went down to the sacred store Where I'd heard the music years before But the man there said the music wouldn't play In the streets the children screamed The lovers cried and the poets dreamed But not a word was spoken The church bells all were broken And the three men I admire most The Father, Son and the Holy Ghost They caught the last train for the coast The day the music died. Man. So who's the girl who sang the blues? Janice. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Janice Joplin. She doesn't speak. She smiles and she turns away. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is it the ghost of Janice Joplin? Is Janice already dead? I think Janice died in 70. I don't know. I never he, thought about is that. Is it possible that he might have met her one at one time? 
Uh, had a show. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but, you know, but she was such an influence on rock and roll. Yeah. She died. Another day, the music died. I asked her for some happy news, and she just turned around. She just smiled and turned around and walked away. Right. She like, just overdosed. I got, I got nothing. Right? Yeah. She doesn't have any. She doesn't have any happy news. Yeah. And then the sacred store where I heard the music years before. It's that's right. the record store, right? They stopped playing samples of yeah. music, or, like, yeah. or, like a or, like a listening station. You'd be able to go in and listen to the forty five. But then they stopped doing that because obviously everybody would go in and listen and, and not buy it and jet out. I always thought it was like kind of like you know like a soda shop, and he goes back all these years years back, and maybe like the the, ju- maybe the jukebox is broken, maybe they don't have the jukebox anymore. You know, sure, dude. Like, you know, because yeah, like he, the- he says he's like, then I went to the sacred store. Yeah, the record store is the sacred store. But it could be. I could see that yeah, being I mean, like. But, you go, but I'm looking at him like the sacred place of where I first heard all like where this. Where I discovered like the, like religion. The drive-in, yeah, I mean, kind of, the drive-in restaurant with the ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or like, you know, sure. who knows? Who knows? Sure. Yeah, you know, I always took it that way, though. No, that's, um, and then in the streets, the children scream, the lovers cried, the poets dream. I I put on here the children scream. It could be Kent State. Yeah. It could be the that famous picture of the, um, the little girl. The Vietnam and, picture. Yeah, the girl yeah. in Nam who's been napalm, yeah. and she's naked running down yeah. the street. Not a word was spoken. The church bells were broken. So we've got, we were going back to religious imagery. We've had like the thorny crown. Mm. We've had Satan. And now we've heard that the, uh, the church bells are broken. So America is lost. America's forgotten about God. Mm-hmm. Um, and not a, uh, I got, and not a word was spoken. So I did have, not a word was spoken could be a reference to the sound of silence by Maybe. Simon and Garfunkel. Okay. So play, tee that up. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound I hate that cover. Who's that band that does it? Disturbed. They suck, dude. I, he, do you he, like that version, Doug? I do. And Paul Simon reached out to them, or him, whatever the singer's name is, and gave, gave him, he's like, you, you did the song Justice. And he said that it was the most difficult so- song he ever had to sing, and um, he pulled it off. And it's dude, who could do that? Dude, it's a it's a really dark song. Yeah, yeah it and it's, is. it's and really, should do it. It's like, the you know, first fucking yeah. verse. Yeah, hello darkness. It's yeah, right, right. But Falling it's like but, my old friend. Yeah, but Simon and Garfunkel singing. It's so <laughs> fragile sounding. It right? sounds it's like, more more happy than not happy, but like like more. A, Folky, it's folky, folky, and he's yeah. been talking about folk music the yeah. whole like yeah. Dylan and the birds and Pete Seeger. Yeah. Now folk music's yeah. changing yeah. again. Yeah, all right, that's that's got to be a reference to that. I'm, I'm, but to put it in the book, right? In, uh, in rock and roll archaeology, he talked about that. He talked about that the song, song. Yeah, 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 and yeah. like the meaning behind it and all that. And yeah, it's if you, it's it's so the world is just everything is just ruined i mean yeah. from where we yeah, started man. you know if you go back to the first two verses now now and the kids are screaming in the streets and the church bells don't work and the lovers are crying and you know you ask for some happy news and the music's not playing like it's apocalyptic in terms of but, what's going on in the song like the lovers crying like you know the hippies the 60s are over man 
Like, you know right, I mean? right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right so, on, man. Right on. You know. I love the next part. This is the three men that I admire most, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I love that. Yeah, now, they what caught is, the last train for the coast. Now, who is he talking about? Is he talking about the Big Bopper, Richie Vallis, and and um, Buddy Holly? Or is he talking about JFK, RFK, and MLK? It, it could be, yeah, man, or, or is it just legit the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? Maybe. Because the church bells are broken, right? So, God, like... The, like you know, like maybe they were like, "Okay, we're out. You're not, you're not paying attention to us anymore." Um, I they, wrote, I wrote but, all th- all those down. But they, you know, they they took the last train for the coast. So he's talking about s- three people, right? You know, like right to the coast is California. Yeah, you know, I, I took that like, yeah, they're out of here. It could be metaphorically that like Buddy Holly and Richie Valens, a big bopper, or like. They got out of here before things got really bad, even though that they got off lucky death, kind of thing. Yeah. Where's the coast at, though? But like their dream yeah, died. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. The, I think the it might meta, be a, metaphysical I think, coast. I think, I, I think it might be a little bit deeper than that, to be honest with you. He's like the three men I admire most, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You know, they caught the, they caught the last train for the coast, the day the music died. So this is another – again, the day the music died. He's going back to the day the music died. So somebody – Move to California. I don't know. Maybe was it a sports team? Was it like I don't know. You know, it, it could have been the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are out because they just saw Satan laughing with delight, and people mm. are getting murdered. And they're like, "All right, this is how you got. You know, we gave you guys free will, and this is how you're going to take it. We're out." Like, uh, maybe, I mean, maybe, talk, it maybe, be, maybe talk about Motown going to California. <laughs> maybe, they're ta- maybe they're talking about the Brooklyn Dodgers moving to LA. That, I was thinking that also, but Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Who's that? You know? Yeah. The three men that he admires the most. most. Right. It could be just because it rhymes. And then, so you go into the last chorus. and But if you put them both together, they caught the last train for the coast the day the music died. And they were singing Bye Bye, mm. Miss America. Bye. So, so they're, they're, leaving, they're leaving and saying They're singing bye. it yeah. as you're saying. Now you've had Satan singing yeah. it. We were singing. I started singing. And now the three, whoever they that represents, mm. as they're leaving... They're singing "Bye Bye Miss American Pie." There was nothing written in the uh, the blogs that you you read. Nothing no. about that. Oh, uh, the old, I read that it was the Holy Trinity. It could have been the three who died in the plane crash, or it was JFK, Robert Kennedy, and Martin Luther King. And it's all over. That's my favorite part of the song. Yeah, mine too. That. It's a great yeah. line, man. The, yeah. the three men I admire most: the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. They caught the last train for the coast. It's just, it's great. It's yeah. a great line. And then we go into the chorus one more time, and then so I'll just play it out instead of circling at the end. But the last chorus, the last, the the chorus repeats twice. And at the second part of the chorus, there's a group of people that sing. It's mm-hmm. several voices. And it's credited as the West 44th Street Rhythm and Noise Choir. Carly Simon is in that group. James Taylor is in that group. Pete Seeger is in that group. So it's like a bunch of his like famous friends just mm-hmm. kind of singing the refrain. We'll just That's play great. it out. I, I didn't know that. That'll bring it to the end of the song. And they were singing Bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, singing, This'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die. They were singing, Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys. 
feeling right Singing this will be the day that I die It, it, it ends the way it starts it ends, too, with a, like it's the, a, ends as a folk song Yeah, it came yeah, all I mean, the way around with the, the uh, instrumentation to yeah. it Like all the piano and all that yeah. stuff all it, drops it out It goes through everything in that song It gets folky, you know And then it rocks It yeah. like really rocks when the, the bass yeah. is just Do you hear God above? Yeah. yeah, when that verse starts it really takes off Do, Okay, well like, Throw this out in, in the ring. So, do you think this is overthinking it? But like the reason why it rocks, do you think that's like interpretation of when Dylan went electric? He's a folk singer; it's a folk song, but then it gets rocky. It did, could be, man. And then like when Dylan went electric, so this song's going to get electric. It didn't get electric, but it got heavy. I don't put anything past no, it in this song. No. He doesn't even know. He doesn't know. But I think people like it's more interesting to talk about than I think maybe the thought that he put in. I don't know. That's the great thing about music. Yeah, you make up your own stories. Yeah, you make up your own. Yeah, everything about music you make up your own story yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, when you so I have a quote from Don McLean in 2015. He said, "Over the years, I've dealt with all these stupid questions of sure. who's that and who's that. These are things I never had in my head for a second when I wrote the song. <laughs> I was just trying to capture something very ephemeral, and I did, but it took a really long time. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, he doesn't. It just dude, I, it's I like, think I think it's experiences in his life. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, like, it's, it's, cool. it's the end of his innocence. Yeah, like the end of his childhood. Yeah, yeah. that's how I see it. That." Yeah, maybe this song is about the end of his childhood. Yeah, the magic's gone, and like, oh wait, a minute, it's not so magical in this world. And there's real shit going on, and I'm starting to have to deal with it, and I don't like it. You yeah, know? it's like in anything, man. It's like movies and literature. You yeah, yeah. You know, I was just when I was sitting at McCusker's earlier, grabbing a beer. I was talking to Jesse. He's talking about all the symbolism in uh, Stanley Kubrick movies. Yeah, you know, like all the stuff, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. all the stuff you dive into, and, yeah. and you know, it's like you can find anything. Yeah, oh, you can find stuff. anything if you look into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah you can find meaning in cool, anything. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. So that's American Pie, man. Uh, so we wow. we told we tore through it. We didn't take a break. I think we still have to do some second thoughts. Electric chair. We got some music news. So uh, why don't we take a break? Hopefully, some people stick with us. They come back with all the good. <laughs> What's beautiful about, about podcast? People can pause it and come yes, back to it. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. <laughs> stick around. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. All right, we're back from the commercial break. Thanks so much for sticking with us, man. All right, we're going to bring it home. So I got some second thoughts. Man, we got a lot of feedback on our Christmas episode. I, I, I was shocked. I, I loved that Christmas yeah, episode. Yeah, it was good. I, a lot of fun. It was good. That did really, really well I know. Well I'm, so, I'm like really happy for us. Like, I was I was surprised. And a lot of it might have been me, because I, I listened to it for <laughs> like, really? the whole, like, leading up to Christmas, man. I listened to it a lot. It was fun, yeah. you know? Even some, I mean, the songs were lame, but it was fun to still listen to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I got a couple, I got some feedback. So uh, our buddy Lloyd in Dallas, he's written in before and we met him. Uh, I, I sent him some stickers and a note because he's actually working on a book about the Beatles. And I wrote him a little note about, uh, about that and wished him luck. But he said, the Christmas show was a riot. Uh, sorry, it was too jammed in to uh, send a candidate song. I asked him if he had a song mm-hmm. he wanted to send. He said, uh, I want to thank you for your great letter and the stickers. I can now tell you that Prisoners of Rock and Roll has been further spread to cool locals and music folks here, including Dr. Doug, 
Dr. Jennifer, a university piano department, and others who now dig the prisoners. Very cool. My son's 21st birthday was this past Saturday, and he is now on to you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Happy got birthday, a, buddy. Happy birthday. He got a big kick at the kind mention of my email on your Pink Floyd show. I'm looking forward to your upcoming shows. Let me know if I can help. The prisoners are rock and roll rock. Good luck Lloyd. with the book. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Good luck with the book. Keep on rocking, dude. Absolutely, and happy birthday. Yes. Um, some people absolutely loved the Neil Diamond version of the Hanukkah <laughs> I love song. It. I think it's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. God. I was telling everybody about that. Uh, the Hanukkah song. So uh, <laughs> Marcus Goldman, he's a DJ on WMMR in Philadelphia, and he's the host of the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll on Pantheon. He said uh, he, he responded to our tweet when I tweeted the song out. He said, I got to say, for as much as I enjoy the Adam Sandler version, I am loving capital Absolutely. letters, the Neil Diamond cover, a yeah. ton. Yes. And then uh, David Wilkes, he's a DJ on CJCM Rock Radio, wrote in and said, you guys have made my day by posting this song. <laughs> so really cool. It's the greatest thing I've ever heard, man. It was really interesting. And the video, man, was weird. The cartoon kind of yeah. video. Yeah. Um, and then I got some feedback on the Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, Wait. Yeah, with yeah, the Neil sure. Diamond thing, I love at the end, he's like, guess who else was it, you? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I loved it. I cracked up. And he up. says, like, don't smoke your marijuana. <laughs> yeah. The Scott Weiland episode, that didn't get so much feedback. Uh, Joe Monteleone is a guy I work with in Chicago. He's like, dude, I'm a big fan both of STP as well as Christmas albums in general. So I was really surprised I haven't heard of this. After listening to it, now I understand why. <laughs> it just isn't that good. Bummer. And then he said he was going to listen to the Bad Religion Christmas album instead. So yeah, was I was great. Like, right great. On, I, did, I did listen right to it. Right on, Joe. The good Bad Religion choice. Christmas album was great. Yeah, great choice. Yeah, Scott was just trying to get smack money. Yeah, bizarre. So, all right, music news. All right. Uh, Eric Clapton sues woman for selling bootlegs. Doug, you shared <laughs> the story could, yeah, a couple I weeks ago. This, so. man. this is a really... Eric Clapton has successfully sued a 55-year-old German widow for trying to sell an unauthorized bootleg on eBay for $11. A judge in Dusseldorf ordered the woman to pay $4,000 in legal fees and told her if she ever tried to sell the CD again, she would be fined $281,000 and spend six months in jail. The woman said that her deceased husband purchased the album at a German department store in the 80s, and she was just selling some of his things after he died. Mm. After the story broke, Clapton took a ton of heat on social sure. media for suing a little old lady in Germany. <laughs> and he came out and said that Germany is actually full of bootleggers. And he told his lawyers to go after the people that actually manufacture the bootlegs and not people like that. And he said he doesn't want to recoup his share of the $4,000. Yeah, Doug, you brought this up like weeks yeah, ago. We dude, were all I, like, I was just like, what? Yeah. He's like, uh, this is, I said to someone, I was like, man, this ain't looking too good for the slow hand. Yeah, slow hand. That's a bad look, man, yeah. when you're, you're suing uh, uh, people for selling an $11 CD. He's not the greatest guy. I don't think Clapton's yeah, no. like the greatest. He, he had this whole thing, remember, when he was like being racist on stage? Yeah. And then the next day, he's playing with B.B. King, you know? Yeah. I don't remember uh, that. He's had a... Uh, he's been in the news a lot for a lot... He's taken a lot of flack in nah, the last he's like, a couple no. of years. Maybe but. one day he'll be the shitbag of the week. Yeah. And then... All right, so I... I, I, I have w- so much to say, but I'm not going to cut it. Okay. <laughs> I got one other. I got one other thing. So, why artists sell their music? So, we talked a lot about artists selling their music catalogs a few times on the show, and I kept promising every time it came up. I said I would look into it. Well, that's how I spent my Christmas break. <laughs> so, uh, I read a couple articles. I read something on Forbes. I saw. Um, you guys watch Shark Tank? 
Eh, you I know, know, of you know yeah, who I know of Damon uh, Damon John. He's the guy who started like Fubu. Cool on it. He right he on. he actually did like a a little video on like TMZ on why people were doing this. So mm. I got some answers. First, artists are selling their catalogs to make some cash. So artists make most of their money because of touring and sure. the pandemic jammed the, that yeah. all up. I oh, you there was something with like a. Fogarty was demanding to like renegotiate all of his like streaming rights on Spotify because he was like, I'm not no making ways, any no money. Right making now. money. Yeah. Um, secondly, it helps prevent their legacy. So when an artist sells their publishing rights, you would think that those publishing rights would then be in the hands of like industry professionals. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not like to put out like tasteful. Right. So it's not It's not somebody's like kid. <clears throat> right. It. Yeah. It also avoids that like if they die, then the family's not fighting over all right. the music. I heard like an example was like they said when Frank Zappa died, his whole family yeah, was like bananas, fighting over yeah. all wow. everything or like I remember like when Jerry Garcia died, I remember like his oh, all his family yeah. was fighting over all yeah. the money. Yeah. So that's all like secure. So somebody's mm. not making bad decisions. And then so thirdly was around tax exemptions. So this guy Damon John from Shark Tank discussed the tax implications and he used Springsteen as an example. So he's like, Springsteen is already really, really wealthy, right? So um and he sold his music catalog for five hundred million dollars. Good for you, right? Bruce. So thank you. Um <laughs> he pays capital gains taxes on that. So he pays twenty percent as the capital gains tax rate. If he kept the money, he would be in the highest tax bracket because he's so wealthy. Sure. So the royalties he pays forty percent on the taxes of all the money he makes. So he gets like a lump sum. His kids don't have to make the decisions and he pays a little bit less money in in taxes. He's the boss. He yeah. is the boss. But for what is worth, so then I found an article by a guy named Randall Wixon. He is a uh, he runs a music publishing company and he has over two thousand clients. He manages he has the he manages the publishing rights for uh, here's just a couple. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, The Doors, John Mayle, The Doobie Brothers, Jefferson Airplane, Rancid, Al Green, Santana, Tom Morello, The Black Keys, Tom Petty, Janice, The Beach Boy. You get the idea. The guy sure. yeah. knows what he's doing. He said, I have never seen a single person who has sold their publishing rights and didn't eventually regret it. So he was like, the first time you sit down and you turn on the TV and you and hear you know, the a, car a, commercial, a commercial with your right, yeah. you hear Born in the USA. Yeah, but Bruce is doing car commercials. Dave Grohl's doing car commercials. Right. Like, you know, so. I was just was on the impression that, you know, the way that music is listened in this day, there's no more money to be made in it. So that's probably, yeah. that's why. That's, yeah. You know. I mean, some people said, you know, like your music catalog is an appreciating asset regardless. Like mm. Tom Petty's yeah. value, whatever. So, like you said, hopefully somebody gets their hands on it to know what to do with it. Right. Instead right. of some family member, you know, that don't deserve the, anything to do with it. Right. It's like, uh, but hopefully they Johnny, like, like Johnny just, Cash's kid is a music executive. But yeah, like Springsteen's kid's a firefighter. But you know yeah. who owns the rights to Jim Morrison? Who? Is his wife's parents. Mm. Right. And it's like, what do they have? Yeah. To, right. So. And, and, they, like, and they don't. So the fam, So that family's like living off his, of it. Whatever. Yeah. What, what, what was Grandchildren. It? Like, they didn't have any grandchildren or anything like that. Then who gets it now? So, you know, her the, parents are long gone. No, I don't know. Crazy. They, they, own, they own the rights. Her family owns the rights to Jim Morrison. Um, oh. So I just, I said a couple times I would look into this and I did. So that's how I spent the week off that I was with work. <laughs> I wasn't doing that. I was at my desk. So anybody that well, anybody works for me. Just long long <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. All right. The electric chair, the first electric chair of 2022, mm-hmm. where we kill a song for being terrible. So we were sitting here as we were talking about Helter Skelter and everything. We we're like the perfect person descending the electric chair 
who wasn't shitbag of the week. Yeah, for some yeah. Reason. I don't know how it did. Yeah, Nick Jack, yeah. He came as the runner up in shitbag of the week, but it's Charles Manson. So he actually he put out some music. Uh, he fancied himself to be a musician. And he has a song on Spotify, man, called Look at Your Game Girl. It's got two and a half million streams. Yeah. Who the hell makes them now that I've cleaned up the the uh what ha- why people sell their artists. Mm. I can't figure out where the royalties go for Charles Manson. Who knows? Money. Some, he probably has a bunch of kids out there. He yeah. Probably, like, I don't, I, he I don't definitely know. has kids he has, out there. He definitely has a kid. Definitely. The kid changed his name. Like, you know, he lives in seclusion. Like, he's under uh, an alias. All those, all those disciples yeah. have kids. I'm yeah. going to play a little bit of it. It's just, uh, he's another one, man. You, we, we haven't talked about it. Like, he was. Yeah. And we we're talking earlier. Guns N' Roses covered this on one of their uh, Spaghetti Incident album. Yeah. Wasn't he living with Mike Love? Yeah, the Beach Boys. No, not Mike Love. One of the Dennis. Dennis Dennis. He like Dennis start hanging out with two of his girls, and then the girls brought over Charlie, and then everybody else start coming over. And then they took over the house, and he figured, let me leave the house instead of trying to get all these weirdos out of the house. Yeah. So he abandoned the house, the Manson family. That's not the house that Sharon Tate was living in, right? No, 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 no. Fuck him. That's enough of this shit. We sentence you to death. Yeah. Fuck you, Charlie. You know, guys, we did something that America never did. Kill Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, Yeah, right, right. That was like in that movie. That the Tarantino film and they when they, they finally killed, killed Hitler. They, no, they, they kill him in the uh what's the time in Hollywood oh. and they killed all like Twiggy and all oh, Twiggy dudes. dudes. Dude, I I felt so much satisfaction now like a piece of shit people. Turds. Yeah. You know. Anyway. Anyway. All right, man. So that's a wrap on episode thirty-two. If you like what you hear, give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Uh, that way, you'll get notified as soon as we le- release a new episode. Tell your friends how awesome we are and leave us a five-star rating. Spotify actually just started letting people uh, rate podcasts, so you guys got to make sure you log into Spotify and give um, us five uh, stars. Yeah, so, yes, yeah. totally. Uh, furthermore, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, PrisonersOfRockandRoll dot com, and via email at PrisonersOfRockandRoll at Gmail. We put out a music playlist to go with every episode, so we went down the rabbit hole pretty pretty hard tonight. Yes, that we, was great. I had so much fun. We were all yeah. over the place. We did put together a playlist. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll share it on social media. All that kind of stuff, man. The, Doug, even you said he's like, dude, you're just going for a road trip, man. That's a that was a great, great music. Great, yeah, great music. It's a great playlist. Everybody listen to it. A lot of really cool stuff, man. And lastly, if you're ever in the city of brotherly love, stop by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. I always stop in for a beer before recording the show, and it's always great to see everybody and catch up so that's it man we will be back in two weeks i believe we're talking about 1992 yeah 1992 okay right on all right we'll be back in two weeks we're going to get in our musical mystery wayback machine and we're going to look at 30 years ago the music that came out in uh yeah whatever okay we'll be back in two (laughs) weeks we're going to look at music that came out in 1992 because it's really cool all right that's it we'll see you in two weeks thanks for listening keep on rocking peace out